And welcome to episode 87 of the Talking Hockey Podcast. What are we Eric talking about? Eric was here. Oh, yeah. But Eric was here. Um, He died, basically. <laughs> so rest no, in his, peace, Eric. His computer died. And since we don't see Eric in real life, he's dead. Yeah. So well, we're yeah, going to have a, a quick, quick moment of silence. All right. <laughs> that, that was, I think, all he deserved. Yeah. You're right. So that's all. I think that's all he's earned. Yeah. Um, he booked us a gonna... cottage that tried to kill people, so that's all he needs. Yeah. Today we're going to talk about Montreal Canadiens, New York Islanders, Vancouver Canucks, and how they're all pretty bad. The Fanuf retiring, the Penguins being sold. The Hockey Hall of Fame, who got in, who should who should be in at this point, probably, and then uh, sends COVID. I know that's a lot of things, so we might not get to all of it, but those are the things that we ideally want to get to. Um, well, I mean, Eric's but- not here, so I mean, we're not going to get sidetracked. Welcome back, everyone, to the Talking Hockey Podcast. It's your favorite. Producer Luke here to remind you to follow and subscribe on whatever streaming service you use. Leave a review on Apple. Visit our website, TalkingHockeyPodcast.com, and follow us on Instagram at TalkingHockey for daily content. Now, let's get into today's episode with your favorite group of guys, Luke, Eric, Ty, and Martin. Oh, that is a... If if you are watching the video, or if you post the video, Martin just drank a a, a sip from what looked like a hockey skate it is. cup. It is. Oh, it is <laughs> hockey skate cup, and he stole it from Kelsey's. <laughs> wow that is quite the the boot it is Where did you did you get that at Kelsey's or is that like from a thrift that shop that looks like something you, you steal this? from them yeah, I think I stole it from Kelsey's back in uni. Cops. I'm, I'm calling the FBI. Well, the FBI doesn't exist in Canada. I'm calling the RCMP. Royal Mountie Police. RCMP. Yeah. So I think we should start off with what everyone's been talking about on my Twitter feed this year, this week, this this year, this week, which is the Vancouver Canucks. I think everyone is fed up from what I've seen. Other than Thomas Drance, I think is the name of the guy out there uh, who seems to be getting targeted. Um, but yeah, what like, what are your thoughts on the Vancouver Canucks? I think it's I crazy. Heard the owners, yeah, the owner went on this trip. <gasps> Eric's back. Oh, brother. Oh, is Eric is things up? Oh, Eric. Well, remember what I said? So Eric loud. died. Can this happen? Can this happen? I don't know. Can Eric starts. We'll, we'll, we'll have to figure it out after. But, I mean, I imagine it should be fine. Looks like it should be fine. I don't know this... if Eric can can talk though. Eric, speak. No. no. Did you save the other clips, Luke, or do yes. I have to do a new intro? Okay. No. Well, we're we're just gonna we're just gonna get back in there with Eric being here. Yeah. We'll start I said talking Eric about the was dead. We got everyone's hopes up, but Eric's here. <laughs> yeah. Eric's back. Unfortunately, Eric for is everyone. unfortunately back. I was really looking forward to him not dominating the conversation this week, but I mean, <laughs> uh, here you we know are. what? I'll I'll just be quiet today. 
You'll just be quiet. Oh, yeah. I'm sure I you will. Because you're frozen yeah, and stuff. I don't believe that for I'm a second. frozen again? Stop. No, you're no, here, Eric. No, you're fine. I, I, no, I no, see no. you. Okay. You're here. Okay. Um, okay. Good, good, so good, good. what the first thing we're going to talk about is the Vancouver Canucks and how bad they are. So, Ty, go ahead. Why did anyone think they were going to be good is my question. Yeah. Nobody thought know. they were going to be good. I, I well, don't Eric, know remember, I remember what you said? Like 30 seconds ago? No, I'm showing <laughs> so like like i don't know how firstly it was ridiculous jim bending got his extension began a bit before the year began right everyone laughed about it remember when he came he's been there i it's crazy to think about it he's been there since 2014 and 2014 was seven years ago yeah and yes. what he did was dug them into a cap mess since the sedines retired it's been an embarrassment of a franchise like they had Elias Pedersen they drafted him he sucks now Quinn Hughes is okay <laughs> yeah what JT happened Miller is okay. play, soccer, uh, play hockey apparently. What, Pedersen, what happened with Pedersen like he's just bad I don't know how to explain it but he's just become really bad Eric, what, Eric like. what do your advanced analytics and microsat say about no, if I if I point the question to you, you can answer it. Oh, okay, so I'm allowed to talk now. Only when I say that you can. Okay. Yes, sir. I'm, so, a, I'm a dictator. Uh, the combination of Pedersen and Bezer have just been terrible this year. Both have been like completely useless offensively. Um, hey, JT Miller's been sick though. So. Yeah, and the, and then that and that's the weirdest thing because JT Miller's killing it. So it's not like you know nobody on Vancouver's capable of performing. So you know JT Miller's you know been one of the best players in the league this year so far, and I think Meet Martin has him in fantasy. Um, I'm I have pretty him in sure. two fantasies. Yeah, there you go. So Martin had a good call, and Martin got him really late too. But besides the point, um, yeah, they just aren't. I don't. I don't know what it is. Like I, I don't have like a reason for Pedersen being bad which is you know rare for me because I always think I can come up with a reason whether it's right yeah. or not <laughs> at least you're aware was this it, is the most self-awareness you, I've ever seen from Eric wasn't it you guys oh. that sent something in the group saying like it literally just seems like you forgot how to play it, or did uh, I see that what I sent was some guy being like I figured it out this isn't Pedersen it's because he got his vaccine and it changes your DNA oh, no. that's one that <laughs> no, I, saw, oh, yeah. I saw some guy that literally said it looks like he's forgot how to play <laughs> I mean, it just looks like he's not good. like I, I don't want to say motivation but like it just feels like he, he isn't like there fully mm-hmm. I don't know Can, this guy just re-signed like, that's yeah. They had man. to. I mean, it's not like anyone thought he was just. Gonna... I mean, he should. Yeah, nobody thought he was going. I mean, I mean, it's still what fifteen. Oh no, I, I don't twenty mean, games like, into the season. It's I don't think like... he's going to be bad. I just mean this guy set like signed to be with the shitty team of the Vancouver yeah. Canucks. It's true. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that's that's more what I meant than the fact that oh, Vancouver is now locked into this guy because he and who doesn't know how to play hockey. But like, you also look at it this off season. They what they, they they traded for Ekman Larson. They signed Tucker Pullman. Um, what else did they do? But Ackerman Larson hasn't completely. I mean, sucked. we don't even need to start with like. I f- I feel like the Vancouver story has been going on for seven years now, right? So yeah. like, why why not start with his first like disastrous off season, which was 2016 free agency, right? Louis Erickson, Louis Erickson, Jay Beagle, Antoine Roussel. Um, I think I think those are the big three. Taking up like a fifteen million dollars combined between the uh, between the three of them, almost. I think Jay Beagle was later. I think Jay Beagle was like. No, I think it was the same off season. Because Jay Beagle won the cup with the Washington Capitals, which was 2018, 2017. Bet, okay, must have regardless. Betting must have like mind control because like. I understand giving a GM like five years to see if his five year plan works. Yeah. But it's been fucking seven years and it's, nothing's working. And it's, <laughs> it's like and he's making fault. bad moves. Like he's just making visibly bad moves. And it's like anyone in the hockey world could be like, No, that was a stupid move. As because it's it, it, it's so funny when he came when he started, he's like, 
because that's when Vancouver was kind of entering the rebuild. It was just after, you know, Luongo's prime and, you know, yep. uh, the Sedin's prime. They were, you know, reaching the end of their career. So he came in in 2014 after they fired, um, what's his name? Gillis? Yeah, they fired Gillis. Yeah. They brought in Benning. And he was supposed to be the draft king. 2014 draft passes on Ehlers and Nylander and drafts Jake for Tannen. Uh, that started the downfall, I guess, from from day one. Um, so it's all Jake for Tannen's fault. I mean, that was the first move that he made, essentially, right? When you think about it, it was that, the first thing he did. Yeah, uh, and almost everyone you see, well. almost everyone you see touted as like top scouts and draft like kings are notoriously not great drafters. Like Mark Hunter was one in Toronto, Jim Benning. Um, there's probably other, a couple other names, but most of these guys that say they have good scout eyes don't actually, when you look at their track yeah, record. Uh, yeah. A lot of GMs get hired as scouts and then turn out to not be actually that great at scouting. <laughs> like uh, even Pierre Dorian, like, uh, yeah, you know, but I'd say before the last, like, let's say two, two to three years, I'd say he was actually a pretty great, a pretty good drafter, and then I think somehow it just all fell apart within the last like two years. I think and you look this at year, Ottawa's, you attribute it to McGuire. No, I, no, I mean, it was even last no, year. Was McGuire bad. wasn't, but McGuire wasn't there long enough to fully like completely change the draft strategy, right? Like, he might have had some say on the edges, but I don't think he walked in there completely because he only what he signed like right before the draft, right? So, and you also I don't gotta think, look at the 2020 draft was bad. Yeah, and the 2020 draft was brutal too. Outside of basically their first pick, right? So um, they we switched they, to Dorian, but we need. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, but but anyways, it's just an example of uh, Luke's overall point, which is that a lot of yeah. these guys that get touted drafters aren't actually that great, and the guys that don't get touted as much just are sneaky behind the scenes that are actually doing a great job. Like, uh, the you know, the real secret isn't that Benning was a good drafter and drafted Pedersen and Hughes. It was um, the head of scouting for the Canucks who left to go to Minnesota and then built one of the best prospect pools in Minnesota um, since he moved. I forget his name. Uh, I'm Judd sure. Vancouver. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, so Judd Brackett. Minnesota low-key right now, or maybe not so low-key, has the best prospect pool in the NHL, right? So... To get back onto the Benning point, Benning good. actually, exactly, and they're good. So I don't think Benning um, uh, was the reason behind some of Vancouver's best drafting moves, and I think the best drafting moves in Vancouver were probably, you know, Niels Hoglander, Brock Besser, uh, Elias Pettersson, and Quinn Hughes. Right, that's kind of that's kind of it. I think generally speaking. And I think that Vancouver is like really, I don't know, I don't know how how to describe it, but like they they give the, like they give the GM a lot of like a leash. Like the fans didn't really seem like they turned on Benning when the rest of the other fans of across the NHL are like, what is this guy doing? Right. Mm -hmm. But like you look at it, it's, it's been seven years now and they've, yeah. I saw this tweet the other day about who like all these all the Canadian GMs and their different tenure, and then it's Jim Benning and Brad Tre Living. I think are the two of the most tenured, or at least high up there. And it's like yeah. Kyle Dubis that always has the shortest leash. Meanwhile, he actually has like a pretty good track record for the most part, at least in and, the regular season. <laughs> yeah, at least in the regular season. And then Benning what and Trey Living are have done like not much. But his playoffs his fault, even. No. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to say it's his fault. He's done everything, mm-hmm. or not everything right, but generally speaking, he hasn't done anything mm-hmm. where you would look at that and go, it's atrocious. Um, yeah, he just got but, Kyle Clifford back. That's a, that's a yeah. But to look at because Ben Benning said basically by year three he wanted to be competitive yeah, again exactly. when he came into the job in twenty fourteen, and their their standing points since then have been in twenty seventeen eight twenty eighteen seventy three points. The next year, 81 points. The next year, it was COVID-shortened, uh, year of COVID. So they played at a 92-point pace. Which, which is like fringe playoffs, maybe wild fringe, card. fringe playoff. Very then the next year, they had 50 points, uh, again, in a short COVID-shortened season. But the top teams had like, you know, 60 to 70, basically. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then this year they're on a 61 point pace, <laughs> which is, um, you know, really rough. And they're only projected, like depending on what you looked at somewhere between 85 and 87 points. So it's not like they're projected to be good either. Right. Mm-hmm. Like even on paper, even in any model you looked at, they were, you know, fated to be bad. And that's what happens when you bring in a combination of Ekman Larson, Travis Hantmanick, who didn't really end no, up. No, he didn't play. No, oh, he, had so a, that was, he, he got personal yeah, reasons. So he, got, Tucker he went out. Yeah. And then Tucker Pullman and then built the defense around guys like Eric Goodbranson, Tyler Myers, just like a complete <laughs> disaster. Like he has mm-hmm. no ability to fill in role players. He got the stars, luckily, uh, you know, whether he drafted them or bracket or whoever, uh, take credit for that. But all the guys that they put around them, Jay Beagle, Anton Roussel, all those defensemen I mentioned, um, just no capability. And also, he's given away two first-round picks that ended up being Connor Garland and JT Miller, which are great, great players, but also not really helpful in their current state like, when they're especially have top if, five picks yeah exactly especially because they gave it to arizona right and arizona is going to be have like basically on pace for two top 10 picks this year now yep yep um, arizona's and vancouver doing it could, right vancouver yeah. could very well come be bottom three in the nhl this year so that's the gonna jt be miller fun the day. jt miller trade definitely definitely worth it if you did other things no, well, like they made that trade. trade. JT Miller's a good player. They made that trade. Can someone see who, what the pick was that JT Miller came from? Can someone do that research? I guess Martin that would, you know. Martin's picking up. Yeah, it's going to go Martin, Martin picked that up. Um, but, because uh, I just want to know who the player was that ended up getting drafted. Because depending on if they're sick or not. I look, but again, like JT Miller, I, I, I don't harp on that trade too much. Because at the time I was like, I don't know if you want to be giving up a top. Uh, first round pick with this team, but JT Miller's exceeded anyone's ex- expectations. Right? Shakir, like he's been- oh, Mug- they traded it. Yeah, it, it, it got traded again to uh, New Jersey. New, yeah, Jersey. New Jersey. Okay, so it, it, at least nobody good got picked up with that pick. Luckily, well, yeah, that's your boy, Shakir Mukmadulin. <laughs> yeah, he's my boy, but uh, I I don't have a lot of faith in him, unfortunately. Sorry. Sorry. So who do Sorry you think, my brother? takes most of the blame at this point in Vancouver. It's is the it Aquilinis. ownership? Yeah. Yeah. Because because Benning's an idiot, right? Or not an idiot, but he, you know, he he he's clearly incapable of running a he's, team. So yeah. it's not his fault. He's doing what he's been doing. But the Aquilinis have extended him again. Yeah. Right? They should have figured this out year three, year four, year five, that this guy has no idea what he's doing. Right. And then they resigned him. Like it's and, completely on ownership. I don't even blame Benning anymore because He's clearly incapable. It's like, and he's being kept in the job anyways. Yeah. Like, like after know, a year, there's four, nothing he can do. He, there's nothing he can do. He's incapable. Like he can't improve yeah. on his ability to be incapable. You know, after like, his fourth year, <laughs> the blame would be with Benning. But now that it's been seven years, it's the ownership team. How much yes. exactly? How much do you think uh, Green is responsible as well? Because he's I, actually I, I a do, bad he's, coach. He's a bad. He's coach. not a good coach. Yeah. He's not yeah. a good coach. Yeah, uh, he the way Vancouver plays is like there are stylistic things that he could do to improve that team, right? And yeah. I actually literally just posted a story on it, so you know it's timely. But um, you know, like it, ignoring the fact that Benning's given him an awful team, the way Vancouver plays is also really atrocious, right? They they give up the most rest chances in the league because their forwards are always behind the play. They never switch play they always go down the strong side so it's always just getting blocked and coming back down the ice like they do a bunch of shit that they could just avoid even with the crappy guys that they have on the team right now like there are structural ways to take crappy players and put them into a system where at least they you know their slowness and all this other stuff can be accounted for similar to the islanders or you know uh, a bunch of other teams out there that aren't exactly that great so it, it is on green as well yeah, because I was, I think I was looking at it. They have an average, uh, like they over since Green has been coach, it's like something about f- every year they have forty five percent of the goal share, expected goal share. Like that they are they continually right. uncapable of controlling play and scoring Uncapable? chances. Uncapable. <laughs> yeah, I went to school for communications. Please don't correct my grammar or speaking. I yeah, know so how to the speak. Can- Canucks can- transition game. The, they are tw- and this year or last year. Let's go with the last year since a bigger sample size. 29th in rush shots, last in rush shots against. So that means they 
got the least amount of rush shots for and then allowed the most chances the other way again too. That's nice. a coaching thing. There's no way you can be like if you're the worst at both, you can't even blame the players at this point because because it's the system that's doing it to them, right? It's not like they're taking so many chances on one end, so they're giving up a bunch on the other. Like it's they're screwing up both ways. So yeah. prevent at least one of them and you can improve a bit. And then their differential, obviously, since they're 29th and last or 30 and 31st, they're you know they're last in the league in their differential. So it is a Travis Green issue, but again. Travis Green isn't a good coach, and it's not his fault. Again, he should have been fired a while ago, maybe like two years ago. Um, yeah. But he hasn't, and so, you know, he can't improve as a coach more than he has, clearly, which I think it is a little bit his fault, but regardless, it's, it's on the Aquilinas at this point. This is just a complete yeah. disaster. It, it, it's just funny that the goalposts kept moving for Benning. Like when he first started, he mentioned he wanted to be a contender in two or three years. And, I mean, they drafted pretty okay-ish. Besser was a steal at, what, mid-20s, somewhere around there, right? Yeah, they grabbed uh, Besser, but the Vertanen and Yulevi Yulevi was exactly bad, yeah, great. exactly, exactly. Um, but uh, I don't Patterson. think anyone thought Yulevi was going to be, no. like... No, no, no. Yeah. But then then now, like, this, I swear it was this past offseason, maybe even last year, he was like, oh, it's, it's hard to, you know, build a team. It's hard to build a contender, hard to build a consistent playoff team. And I'm like... You haven't you, built a consistent. You haven't even yeah, done yeah. that. Yeah. You haven't even built a improving you know, on team the yet. bubble playoff team, really. Yeah. <laughs> so and which and that's actually the easiest thing to do in the NHL. Yeah. Arguably. And he's had and many to make a middling team. A middling he's team is spent- the easiest thing to do. It's hard to completely tear down because not from like a player perspective, but from like a you know managing the rebuild perspective, and it's hard to build a contender. But being right in the middle is kind of the easiest part. So yeah. That's why I'm like, when everyone, we'll get to this later, Ken Holland, Detroit Red Wings, I'm like, is it, sure, he went to the playoffs for 21 straight years, which I is respectable. But again, a lot of the times they were, I think they were more middling. They also had legendary players. But anyways, yeah. um, uh, Montreal Canadiens, I, I know we've talked about them quite a bit, so we don't need to go in detail. But it seems like finally media's uh, saying that Montreal is not as good as what they predicted. Uh, people over at TSN are saying that they didn't expect Montreal to be this bad. So I think um, I think we all predicted they were going to miss the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, everyone did. And now we'll be back after a word from our sponsors. And now we'll get back into the show. But I think I mean I think I, I made the comment like they lost their starting goalie. I mean hopefully Price comes back and you know maybe he'll play better. But they lost their goalie. They lost their number one defenseman and Shea Weber. Uh, number one Cole center. Caulfield was useless. Yeah, Cole Caulfield's been useless. Suzuki seems like he's taken a step back at least to begin this season. I think he's had a pretty hot streak recently. But um, um, and then you lose. Yeah, Dano, the sheer shutdown center, who was you know the whole playoff run shutting down top lines every single night, right? Yeah. Uh, I think we talked about Montreal already. Like, yeah, broke but, down but I think one, my, one my thing was more about media finally accepting okay. it rather than just. Yeah, I mean, uh, it Twitter. was always ridiculous because the med- the media is stupid, right? Like they're they're just recency bias all the way. It's very little critical thought for eighty percent of them, generally speaking. I think. Um, but I want to talk about one thing that's happened, Eric, and that's yeah. your boy Jeff Petrie has also forgotten how to play hockey. Yeah. Well, I mean, to to be fair, uh, after his hot streak beginning of last year for like 20, 25 games, he wasn't good after that until the playoffs, basically. Like he, he was basically top of the Norris contenders list 20 games in. And by the end of it, he was, you know, a middling defenseman. So his actual decline in the regular season kind of started last year, to be to be fair to him. But I mean, you or expected him to be to the him. number one. He looked like he could be take yeah. over for Weber because he's always been a really good like two way. He's guy, also right? what thirty four now. Like he, no, I don't think he's that old. Are you sure? Old. Someone fact He's old, man. Thirty three. There 33. you go. I was close. Um, huh. He he he's older now, right? Like. And and a lot of his ability comes from speed. It's very sing- actually it's very similar to you know separate topic altogether. Why Petrangelo has completely fallen off this year? 
right? Like uh, very fast, aggressive defensemen can fall off a lot quicker. Look at Doughty, look at Eric Carlson, Pe- Alex Petrangelo, look at uh, now Je- Jeff Petrie. Look at all those kinds of like really aggressive or PK Subban even, right? Like all of these guys, when when they rely a lot on speed and aggression, they fall off a lot quicker. So I, I think, you know, again, I, I, I you never know what what year they're going to fall well, off, P- but they always have a fall off. Later in his career too. Yeah, which is also kind of weird. But that was an Edmonton thing, I feel, generally speaking. Yeah. I feel yeah. like he had it and it was just Edmonton completely screwing him up as they usually do. Um, I feel like we should talk about Edmonton as well, but we'll talk to them. Talk about them after this. We're talking about after the, the bad Islanders teams first. Yeah, yeah. We gotta talk yeah, about. We can Anaheim. go to the Islanders now. What well, really the theme right now isn't really bad teams; it's bad management. And 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 team old, say actually, what you teams want. that people thought were going to be good and then are worse than they expected. Yeah, but I think we're focusing more on the management side of things. And the reason why I wanted to talk about the Oilers is because this stat came across my. Uh, Twitter feed earlier today. We'll get to it, it later based... in a second. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll Islanders first, because Islanders right. isn't really bad management. I think they're they're mostly just underperforming. No, you got to think about man. They they haven't played their first home game yet. They started the season on, or I think they might have just played their first home game. They started the season on a thirteen game road trip. That's mm. insane. Yeah. The thir- True. Yeah. yeah thirteen they're... game road trip because the Islanders' new arena wasn't uh, wasn't ready yet. UBS Arena wasn't ready yet. Um, but I and mean, they, that has a big they've also had some things. little, yeah, it does. And on top of that, you know, they're, they just lost Ryan Pollock, who's, you know, their best defenseman, one of the best defensemen in the NHL, top 20. Top I actually 20 didn't guy. even realize that was their schedule. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, Damn. Luke doesn't follow hockey. They're I know. also the, only a game below, like, they're not doing awful. And the Islanders also, they have 12 players dressed their last game they had 12 players dressed who have one or zero goals through 13 games yeah that, <laughs> that's that, really that's bad. what i was gonna say their goal differentials like they're scoring at a rate of two goals a game and letting in goals which at a rate of three which is foreseeable like i if think they fuck I, up a little they play very defensively obviously and they never had very good goals over their four straight losses they and they lost that really yeah over their that four straight losses thing. they were outscored 19 to 4 19 to 4 that's yeah Sig- they that's protected very who over Everly? Who it was it? Matt, uh, like Matt Martin. <laughs> yeah. Notably, they've scratched Noah no Dobson and a bunch of others, but will not scrap uh, Matt Martin. <laughs> They're committed. <laughs> I mean, so that's a big thing. He's, and I think a, that he's definitely a locker room it. guy, though. Like, Say what you will about Matt Martin not being a good on-ice guy. Yeah, I mean, I know I, he was a he was a player shit. favorite. You lose a guy like Jordan Everly who, who on a I team know. like the Islanders. That's pretty bad, but you need a guy like Everly. Yeah, because like, they only have so many creative playmakers out there, uh-huh. and uh, actually, they have they really only had two. They had Barzell and they had Everly. That that was kind of it for them. They have other like solid offensive players, Anders Lee. They have Kyle Palmieri, who just scored his first goal of the season the other day, which, you know, I called him as a breakout, or not a breakout candidate, but a potential 55, 60-point guy. So that's looking real bad. But regardless, uh, you know, they don't have a lot of creativity. They also got rid of Nick Letty, which is also kind of, uh, you know, you look at the way Detroit's performing right now. Nick Letty is kind of a, not a big part of that, but he is a part of that. He's been doing... Everly has eight goals. This year, he so would he almost has, put them back to even goal differential. Yeah, you, uh, he'd get them much closer to that nineteen and four uh, count for the last four games. But yeah, so Eberle's been crazy good, um, like he was last year, like he was the year before that. Definitely living up to the six million dollar, six million dollar contract. Didn't I tell you, like, be, uh, during the I think it was one of our, one of our Seattle expansion draft discussions that Everly was going to be a huge loss for the Islanders because of how well he performed with Barzell. I think that was yeah. foreseeable. Yeah. It, was no, foreseeable. it was very foreseeable and the top line's struggling now and it's evident why it's because Anders Lee isn't what he used to be. Um, yeah. Barzell's still sick, but Barzell's one guy on a, you know. And Everly was good at getting whatever he was doing. He was good at finishing and getting in the puck and 
Yeah, he's very good at finishing. He was very good at finishing. He was very good at finishing. He was very good at making those great passes. He was very good in transition. Like right now, all the Islanders or Islanders competition, I should say, they only need to do is just make sure Barzell can't carry the puck. There's nobody else on his line who can do that. Anders Lee can't. They tried Josh Bailey there. Josh Bailey hasn't been good at all. Um, so it, it's it's a complete mess for the Islanders right now. Um, yeah, it's just rough. I and I think Barry Trotz actually. There's a great quote quote by Trotz. He said he called the team fragile, and he said that's a word I haven't used very often about our team. Hmm. So that that's, and they just uh, lost Polak for like a long time. I yep. saw today. And so. uh, yeah, and, and but the thing is, right? Like, I think the one thing that the Islanders had was identity. Like, I think that's what pulled that team together, right? Like, I think we've all said it for years now. The Islanders on paper aren't a very good team, right? But they came mm-hmm. together. They, you know, everyone used the same terminology, bought in to the system, blah, 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 blah. So if, if Trotz is saying, you know, the team's fragile, you know, that that's probably worrying for the Islanders, even over, you know, the medium term, because they still need to kind of turn this around pretty soon. And it doesn't seem with that language that they, that, you know, they've fixed the issue by any means. So, yeah, that's my take. Do you, also, I do think, you think that Nick Letty, sorry, yep. I was going to say, do you think the Islanders are still a playoff team? Or, Man, or it's so funny. This is the first year I ever, I've ever said the Islanders are locked for the playoffs and then they look like they're going to miss. <laughs> I think we're all like, yeah, the only one I'm for sure about making the playoffs this year is the Islanders uh, that's a in tight that division. Metro division. Yeah. It's a tight division. Um, I, I think like the even Islanders, the Blue Jackets look yeah, better than expected. Tenable. <laughs> um, I think the Nick Letty move uh, hurt them a lot in in with losing Everly, with losing Devin Tays the previous year. I just think they lost way too much like puck transition ability because Nick Letty, despite all of his flaws, you know, was actually a good passer and puck mover. So I th- I think uh, I think losing those three over the course of one and a half or one season is kind of a huge knock on effect, and replacing them with guys like Andy Green, Chara, guy, like the complete opposites, essentially, right? But yeah, that's just my take. Yeah, interesting. I, I think it's worth the. I guess we can go to Oilers now. <clears throat> yeah, so the stat I wanted to talk about, and then I want to hear Ty's thoughts on this because I know he doesn't like Holland. Um, the Oilers this year so far, without uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl on the ice, have been out uh, have a twenty eight percent goals for percentage. So without McDavid and Dreisaitl, they've scored seven goals. And allowed 18 goals. <laughs> but I have a question. Yep. And a theory. Yep. Are McDavid and Dreisaitl proven, proving that hockey can be uh, similar to the NBA? That if they no. average. No, no. That's a no, no. That's a that's almost a fair point. I think that's a fair point. Literally, McDavid <laughs> seems dialed in. But the thing like, is, but the thing is, there's the no, uh, there's nobody else like McDavid. Yeah. I think that's yeah. the issue. That, yeah, well, like I don't think you can say hockey's like the like I can I, no. I see what you mean with like if you have the guy, you can the just guy. drag your team there's to the playoffs. One, but there's only there's one, one, one the guy. Yes. The NBA yes. has multiple of the guys. Yes. You know, probably. like yeah. there's like what ten players. Mm, probably even more, maybe that if you put them on an, almost any team, they can kind of drag them to the playoffs. Uh, but in the NHL, there's McDavid. Drysaddle's killing thing, it too this year. Don't but. I know the thing that's crazy though? And, uh, I think it was over the weekend I saw the stat. I know your mm-hmm. your boys at Evolving Wild their their Gar stat. I think that was the one. Yeah, McDavid isn't even a top twenty player by Gar this year. <laughs> it's too small a sample size. It doesn't matter. They're, okay, Gar but over saying. like twenty games is like nothing. Yeah, but yeah. But I'm just saying, regardless, he's, he's, there's it's still a lot of power play points. It's still yeah, yeah. a lot of he's giving up a lot. Um, yeah, no, I, I, mean, I, I, I that's, that's agree. That's McDavid's game. Like it's it's actually crazy 
how McDavid will just help blow through people. I mean, that goal against the Rangers was insane where he skated through the entire team, right? One on five and then deked out the goalie in such small oh, area. That, that, was, that was the but, most absurd thing I've, I've saw this year. But then like, for sure. That's all that's, he, I, I don't mean to say this. Like he's, he's the best player in the league. Okay. I think there's no doubt about that, mm. but he like, He's a cherry picker. I don't know how else to. I mean, you know, we don't like to use that. Dry style is the best player in the league. Come okay. On. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I saw. I saw something, <clears throat> and it was like fifty-three percent of people polled wanted Dry over Matthews. I mean, that with this season, to start a to start a franchise. If with they were this season, franchise, I mean. I feel like that's a, that's a fair argument right now with the way he's playing. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, Matthews actually hasn't been very good to start the year either, but that's uh, besides the point. Yeah. I mean, um, I think I think they're close enough where you switch a year to year. Like last year, obviously Matthews not even close. This year, Drysaddle and not even close. But year like before it, that, it's, it's really the Oilers' game is basically is basically try to survive in your own end and then wait for the team to make a mistake and get a breakaway or two on one the other way. Or get a power play. Or get a power play. No. Yeah, you know Man, what? You know every single you know time I see Drysaddle on the board, it's on a power play. Like, yeah. I swear yeah. to God, it's power play merchant, which is amazing for he's fantasy. Got, <laughs> he's got nine goals, nine power play goals of his seventeen. I think I don't know how many points it was, but I mean, it, it's like fifty percent of his points are easily on the power play. But I mean, when you're a star player, typically a third of your points are going to come on the power play. Like if you if you're a star player and you're a point per game guy, typically you're gonna have twenty to thirty power play points and then fifty even strength points over an 80, 80 game season, basically. So it it's like they're especially good, but it's not like it and kind of absurd, but it's also kind of natural for players to rely on star players to rely on the power play a little bit more than others. Right. Um yeah. But I think, but that, the, I think it's a Sorry, uh, what I wanted to say about no, that stat no. uh, talking about Ken Holland and GMs is that like he also hasn't done anything great. He's right? done like, nothing good because it's actually it's gotten the, worse over time. So let, let me let me say it. So 2016-2017, the play without McDavid and Drysaitel, uh which you know they 2015-2016 they weren't even close to the same players, but regardless, uh, they had the all the players without them had a 54% goals for percentage. So that means they scored 37 goals and only allowed 31. So they outscored their competition. That was great. And then it's just awful from there on outward. It drops down to 38%, then to 36%, back up to 38%, back down to 37%, and then this year, 28%. So, you know, Ken Holland was brought in for one thing, to fix the team around McDavid and Dreisaitl, Instead, he's actually made it actively worse, and Mike McDavid and Drysaddle just got exceptionally better. Is yeah. essentially it's, it's like, yeah, they're, all they're that's basically happened. carrying, and that. they got and they got some extra great goaltending last year from Mike Smith. That's that's all he that he ha, he has not done anything else outside of that. So you're talking about like incompetent management. Like you gotta, I think it, you have to put Ken Holland on that list now. Because there but was tons yeah. of good depth available in you the offseason. You could have done that before he left Detroit, man. Yeah. The guy I was mean, going down. The thing is, there, there's so much good depth available. Like, look at, you know, again, don't want to bring this up to the I, least, but Kampf and Kasha, right? Both killing it right now on the Leafs. You look at, you know, like any team in the NHL, you can find good depth guys that they picked up this offseason who are outscoring their competition. And somehow Ken Holland for two years in a row now or three years. Did he start three years ago or two years? Three years ago. Um, years. He hasn't actually improved the depth. He didn't get to 40% or can you, 45%. Can you name who's playing on the Oilers third and fourth line right now? <laughs> 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 Oof. <laughs> who's the Buddy. Oilers third line center? <laughs> uh, it's not Kyle Turris. Um, they got Warren Fogel. Oh yeah, and Warren Fogle has not been good. Warren Fogle has not been good, and he was traded for Ethan Bear, who's killed it, killed it in Carolina so far. So that trade also, you know, again, Holland actively making the team worse. I think I think you can blame Ken Holland for 
Well, you 100% can blame Ken Holland for how long the Detroit Red Wings rebuild has taken. Like, I think it could yes. have been a lot shorter. 100%. He actually knew what the fuck he was doing. And he just got inducted in the Hall of Fame. I think – so this is what I think is really fascinating. I think Detroit Red Wings, near the end of their playoff, like however long they're in the playoffs run, I think they tried to sacrifice too much to stay that rather than just accepting yeah. where they were. And yeah, that's 100%. one of the – I think they just wanted to keep the record at that point. But I also were, think the, like the, if – yeah, sorry, so, Ty, go ahead. I was just going to say the last couple of years where they had their, their playoff run, they were like the bottom seed or like the last seed to get in, the mm-hmm. eighth seed. So mm-hmm. – I, my whole thing with Ken Holland is, and you know, we we don't need to get into this whole conversation, but you know, he was gifted generational talents: Lidstrom, uh, Datsuk, Zetterberg. Like it, th- that's what won him those cups, right? And if so, he wins cups in Edmonton, he was gifted. McDavid and Drysaddle again, almost (laughs) one almost generational and one for sure generational. And then Nuge, who's still decent too. So yeah, so it's like he's he's hopping. If Edmonton wins a cup, he's hopping just from one team with generational talent to carry him to another. Pulleyarvi is still good. Like it. Yeah, Pulleyarvi is actually looking good. Fixes. Hyman's look good, so you know, give him a little bit of credit. But Holland should not get credit for any of like any of this. No, it and I don't think I. It was like the argument with Babcock. It's like, oh, how much was Babcock responsible for the cup wins versus the players he had? And it's the same thing with Holland. It's like, what players were he gifted? What were you know he was gifted versus you know building actual teams? Holland, Mm -hmm. Luke's right. He definitely just maintained that twenty years, Um, and I think he saw that. nomination into the hockey hall of fame and was like i'm just gonna keep it going until, <laughs> yeah <laughs> until but i mean it respect nom. to that man it, it is hard to make the playoffs <laughs> 20 years in a row yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, 100 i just think i just think the game has passed him by at the end of the day yeah. whether he was a good i don't i don't want to rehash whether he was that great of a gm in detroit or not because you know how many of us actually remember in detail the moves he made between mm-hmm. 2000 and 2000, let's say 12 or something like that, when Detroit was actually competitive. Um, but you can for sure say the last decade has not been Ken good decade. at all. It's not no. been like there's nothing he's done that's been good. He completely oh, he completely screwed up that Detroit team, overpaid a bunch of guys, Danny a bunch DeKaiser, of death guys. Helm, yeah, Abdul exactly. Kater. Justin Abdelkader. <laughs> Um, it was, it was just a complete mess. Um, and, and then same thing, he's going to, you know, he hasn't done it as bad in Edmonton, but he's failed to put a team around them. So that, yes. that's the issue. Can we talk about how sick the ducks are? Yeah. What the fuck happened to Getzlaff? He just freaking oh, like, just refound he just, he... he just turned 25 again. Like what the fuck is going on with Ryan Getzlaff? It's all assists. He's Doesn't always matter. Detroit Terry's been great too. Yeah, and Troy Terry. Yeah. Holy crap, Troy Terry, man. I mean, I always liked Troy Terry. I feel like I've I've said that for a while now, but I didn't didn't think he was this. And I've good. always liked Getzlaff. Like Getzlaff's always been. I mean, Getz, but but Getzlaff has also hasn't been good in like no, four years not now. For, not <laughs> so for it, a while it's now. like crazy, crazy. Yeah, the change up in Anaheim, and I. I think I still think it's all unsustainable, but oh yeah, yeah. I mean, but also like the Pacific teams are like that. I think yeah, Martin was right about the LA Kings have been good. I think he predicted that to go into the season. Did he? And yeah, LA's yeah, he getting did, he did. fucked by injuries. Like Drew Doughty started super hot and got killed with some injury. I forget what it was. Um, and then that Sean Walker guy is out for a long time. Um. But yeah, well, it was foreseeable. Dino is sick. Like the biggest mistake ever was letting Dino walk in Montreal. Yeah. Like, yeah. and if they did let, as, Den- if they did, were planning on letting Dino walk, they should have rebuilt. Yeah. They should have let, yeah, you know, trade Gallagher, trade all these guys, and re restart from scratch. Tr- trade Jeff Petrie and just restart. You have Nick Suzuki. You have Cole Caulfield. You have Romanov. You have all those other prospects. Paling. Uh, uh, I, mean, I can't remember all the other guys off the top of my head, but you have all those guys 
rebuild and they just didn't. So that that was the big mistake. What the no allows you to do is rely less on Kopitar being defensively good and let Kopitar be more offense. Yes. Because in 100%. his old age, in his older age, Kopitar obviously has fallen off a little, but he's and still the has other to. thing the, the the acquisition like Arvidsson's worked out very well for them too. Other than his, you know, he got injured for a bit there, but besides that, he's been almost point per game when he's been in there. Mm-hmm. I drafted in fantasy, that's why I know that. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What what are what other topics did we have, Luke, on the docket? Um, I had uh, Dion Phaneuf. I know that we were. He's played on all of our favorite teams, the Senators and uh, the Leafs. So I know that. I thought you retired we called him a, a while pylon. ago, to be honest. I honestly thought he retired a, a while ago, too. Yeah, I had no idea. All I remember so. is everyone was like talking about how they thought this was big brain. They were predicting that he would have like a front office job with the Leafs soon. But I remember him then being rumored to be hanging out with Brendan Shanahan a lot, like four months ago. Yeah. And I do I remember know all that, of Leafs yeah. Twitter. All of Leafs Twitter was following it. Then all of a sudden they're acting very big brain about predicting that. But I think he'd be a good I, I still like have a hard guy. time imagining Fanuf deciding to come back to Toronto after like everything that it's, we <laughs> that not we because well I didn't reported. do shit. But like I, I just Toronto. have a hard time seeing it. I'm just like, why would he want to come back here? Leafs fans treated him like shit for years and I, and it wasn't really his fault like he he was an okay second pairing defenseman thrust into being a number 1 like it was not his fault and P, like you know i'm sure if we looked up Ty group chat messages from his years in uh in Toronto Ty's called them all sorts of names <laughs> oh i could probably look it up in the group chat right now to be honest that'd be I actually pretty I funny you guys about hockey back then I mean, I wasn't. Uh, I maybe not me and Martin, but, but, but you, you would have messaged, messaged the... Luke or Robert and whoever else. Like, I'm sure you must have said. But some also, awful I wasn't like him. that. Was when the Leafs were bad, and I wasn't like fully invested. Like, I become fully invested okay. once they become good. I mean, I've always been a Leafs fan, but I, but like once it wasn't they like became was, supposed yeah. to be good, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> now I really closely follow. I, when it's, yeah. I looked up in the chat from our high school group the word "fanuf." And the, there's only one result, and it said Ty would fuck the shit out of Dion Phaneuf. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know why. I do know why because one of our friends, one of our friends' brother's name is Dion, and that's oh what it was about. And then I said Dion Phaneuf, <laughs> but that's the only message in the group chat about Dion Phaneuf. There you okay, go. so so Told there you, you go. He hasn't said tor- it, It's thing. very on brand with what you'd expect us to talk about. um but i don't know i i thought the i was surprised he got like that much of a fanfare from the leafs like i know he was here for a long time and captain captain for i don't know why people were excited about that it's just because he's captain he was a good guy captains He's a he good person. Good he guy. does seem like a good guy. Yeah. I always felt mm-hmm. bad for him. I was like, Jesus Christ, this poor man. He's <laughs> trying his best. He's trying his best out there, he's but trying he is goddamn artist. He, you know, there's one thing you can't say about him is that he didn't try. You know, I he do miss his. I do miss his hits. Yo, good, he had. There are some a good looking wife. Yeah, you watched the it's hockey it, wives. What's it called? The hockey wives. Is that one. That's a show. Apparently, he's the one that set up Tessa Virtue and Morgan Riley. So, oh, that's a huge dub <laughs> for the kid, man. If if he did yeah. that, he created Toronto's power couple right there. That's big. He deserves a job on the Leafs just for that alone. I, I agree. And R- Riley deserves to go to the Hockey Hall of Fame for that alone. Fanuf for, for uh, deserves one quarter of Morgan Riley's salary for the rest of his career <laughs> <laughs> for get landing him Tessa Virtue. That's I feel that's like Dion still getting that is paid a fact. by that. By an NHL team. I think by the Sens and by the Kings. I think both. Because it was like he was traded from the Sens to the Kings and whatever. Well, if he but retires, anyways, then I think that's anything, whatever. Yeah. Morgan quarter of Morgan Riley's new contract goes to Fanuf for landing him Tessa Virtue. It's a yeah. must. It's a must. Okay, He's Luke, too good next. for him. Sorry, Morgan Riley. Um next topic was penguins being sold. Um, I don't know. This is pretty new. I didn't really read much on it, but they're sold to the same organization owners that own 
Boston, uh, the Boston Red Sox, which is pretty interesting. That is um, interesting. Just I'm pretty FYI. sure Pittsburgh and Boston are rivalry cities in almost any sport. For enough is yes, getting Martin? paid by both the Sens and LA for uh-huh. another Eric was this right. year and an, another year. Eric's always right, but well, that's besides the point. Yeah. Well, a thanks, decent amount of money, too. Oh, <laughs> shit. Francesco Aquilini just... Oh, no. Never mind. This is fake. <laughs> oh, oh is, it, is it Mr. Booth? Yeah, it's Mr. Booth. I almost fell for it. <laughs> <laughs> on on the chat or on the podcast recording, he almost fell for Mr. Booth. I got, I should clip that, post it on Twitter, and, and have yeah. Mr. Booth uh, yeah. share that. It, yeah, it, um, I always, whenever I see something that just doesn't feel right, I go and check the username. Right, so I was like, nah, well, uh, anyways. Um, yeah, I, I'm looking at Mr. Booth right now. He's changed his uh, profile picture, so and apparently uh, Francesco you know. Aquilini blocked him too. I see that. Yep, I believe that's that. He's a pretty active guy on Twitter. I think. Um, anyways, yeah, the Penguins were sold. Do we think this will actually lead to anything different? Why do you think? Like I know they've been trying to sell the Penguins for a while, but with all the success they've had, especially in the last ten years, I'm surprised that the owners would even want to sell. Maybe it's it's not it's so Mario Lemieux is has like a majority stake in them, and then there was another dude, and they sold the other dude's stake. Oh, okay. is that what happened? Yeah. So um, I mean, I feel maybe like they it, look it, at it and they say that the the Malkin and Crosby's careers are coming to their. That, that's what I was about end. to say. So, because the so last high. time they lost their generational talents, they cratered back down until Crosby joined in, basically, yeah. right? Like they yeah. could everything. They complete. went from they went from Lemieux to Crosby. Well, it wasn't, but then they were like the it, worst. But it wasn't, team. yeah, yeah, yeah. They were the worst team and were like basically bankrupt. Like I was saying, like back in the mid two thousands, they were about to be sold to the Blackberry guy and moved to Hamilton, and then the NHL vetoed that. Yeah. So. Um, they owe Crosby like a stupid amount of money. I feel like Crosby has not gotten paid enough for the value that he brought to that franchise. He probably literally added like $300 million in value or more just because he should, or I guess him and Malkin, you can split it up between both of them. Probably like 60, 40 Crosby and Malkin. They, yeah. <laughs> they did not get money. paid enough for the, yeah, they did not get paid enough for the value that they brought. Interesting. Oh, I agree. And LeBron James has a stake in the team, the the group that's buying the part of uh, the Penguins, because he he's part owner in Liverpool, which is huge. He he met, he got a major uh, return on that, and then he also uh, obviously like Ty said the Reds or Luke said the Red Sox as well. But the Penguins right now are worth six hundred and fifty million dollars. Damn. Yeah, that's a probably good way of looking at it of why that they why they sold now. Um, yeah, like you they, gotta yeah. use your brain sometimes. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> sometimes not using my brain allows I mean, us so to fill in the it's gaps. Just billionaires selling until they're billionaires. They might they might have literally just done it because they wanted some cash flow to. Yeah, 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 yeah billionaires yeah. didn't want the tax or, tax break mm-hmm. anymore, and you want a little more cash. Yeah, is, yeah. who knows behind the billionaires? Eighty five years old wants. Yeah, yeah, it's like fuck it. Um, wants wants seven more yachts. Um, yeah, she's, he's he's about to, he wants to buy a super yacht like Jeff Bezos. You know. Yeah. Uh, the last topic I think. Oh, the, we also the sense COVID, but hockey hall of fame inductees. Um, obviously, Droma Gilna, uh, Marion Hosa. These are last year's inductees. Yeah, the twenty twenty. So, is there going to be a second round of inductees for this year? Are they like? Are they just skipping? Do another one? I think they were skipping skip. one year. That would, that would make sense. I think they. But well, why wouldn't they skip twenty twenty? Because well, they were already they announced. Already they? Decided. Yeah, they were already yeah, decided. decided on. Oh, okay. Interesting. I don't know why they just didn't do like a ceremony last week and then a ceremony one again year this week, but or one one episode. They seem really boring. So like to get gather all those people back again, yeah. <laughs> be like, fuck this, man. Eric, you know what we should do? One episode. <laughs> What? Okay. I'm going to get a list of players who are like fringe Hall of Famers and we can debate if they belong in the Hall of Fame. Ooh, I like oh, that. I was just going to ask I was just going to ask who you think okay. should be in the Hall of Fame. Never mind. Luke, we're saving that for another episode. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, what do you think about the last year's this year's picks then? Ken Holland, Drum uh, Kendler, I mean, Marion Hosa. I think they all deserve to be in there. Who's Very the woman? Beautiful. I don't want to forget the woman's name. Pierre. 
Saint something, Pierre, right? Or something. Francis canceled, Saint Pierre. Cancelled. 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 <laughs> uh, I gotta be honest. I don't know who who that is. Wasn't Lowe also in there? I don't know if Lowe deserved to be there. Like a lot of these, like especially for the ownership and the founders side of things. No, Lowe like is a, a player. Lowe is a player. Oh, is he? I thought he was the owner. Of he the... was on the Gretzky team. Oh, okay. Kim okay, Saint yeah, Pierre, yeah. Kevin Lowe, Ken Holland, Doug Wilson. Kevin Lowe, there it is. Isn't I Kevin, think Kevin Lowe doing something? Kevin Lowe is doing something in the organization for the Oilers. Didn't... Or he was. Yeah, yeah, he he did. He did have a role in the. Oh, was he builder too? I don't know if he got in for player or builder, but he was uh, in management on the list. Though I doubt he got in for builder based off of the Oilers' recent performances. I think didn't um, Holland get in for builder? Yeah, Holland definitely got yeah. in for builder. Of course, so did Doug yeah. Wilson, I think. But a lot of those guys for builders are just there Doug because Wilson. of their, their ten years. Yeah, in Doug the Wilson NHL. got in. It, Doug Wilson's a interesting choice. Um, he has he won a cup? No, nope. He's been with the Sharks, I think, th- uh, throughout his whole career. Is uh, that true? Leadership, anyways. Someone fact yeah. check that. Um, um, I don't think Kevin Lowe does. Like, I'm just, I'm not seeing a deservingness from Kevin Lowe. Uh, I mean, Kevin Lowe. Is, I played with I would I played with Wayne Gretzky and I mean he had fifteen hundred points. Kevin Lowe, you're looking at the wrong. Oh, Kevin sorry, Lowe. sorry, sorry. He had four hundred. Oh, I was looking at his penalty. <laughs> <laughs> I just assumed it was right because he just like every time Gretzky got a point, he was on the ice. And... But that's the, that's the thing. He didn't even do that. Like, okay, okay got... so he had 430 points on the in the highest scoring era of the NHL and on a team with Gretzky. That's uh, <laughs> interesting. Are you sure it wasn't for Builder? Though, let's see his coaching. No, it was oh, no, definitely, it's player. definitely not. He, was ta- he talked about player in his speech. He talked about hmm. being a player. Do you watch it? No, I just saw some highlights. I see. He talked about uh, he was the first ever draft pick of the Edmonton Oilers. I feel like that's <laughs> like the thing that makes him a known person. That's a yeah. I'm just looking at every like all of his you know great for him. He made it to the it's NHL like and everything. That's just... Reed Duke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's actually yeah. good. I don't know if Doug Wilson got in for his playing career or his. It must be Doug Wilson a was combination. a builder. Was he a builder? Percent was a builder. Because I, I mean, his I, I never understand like his regular like his, so his weird career probably was good enough to be in for other than not winning a cup. I feel like he could have probably got in just based off of his playing career. Eight hundred twenty-seven uh, okay. points in a thousand games as a defenseman. That's not. That's not. That's not like a guaranteed. Especially if you don't have cups or medals, that's not a guaranteed. I know. Well, he had two Norris trophies. Definitely the reason Kevin Lowe is in is 100% all of the Stanley Cups he won with uh, with Gretzky. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, and that's the issue with doing it like by stuff Hosa, like Cups. If Hosa didn't have Cups, it would be questionable if Hosa would get in. You're right. I don't know. Yeah. And he made Hosa it to, what, five finals, good. three Cups, right? Yeah. So, Hosa, yeah. Hosa had a, yeah, if he, if he was stuck on freaking Buffalo, like he he wouldn't have had a. Yeah, you're right. It's it's all dependent on where you play, or at least unless I mean, you're like Ginla. insane. Yeah, Droma Ginla probably got in more gold off, medals. Yeah, other yeah, yeah gold, gold medals. Hard. He had the assist on Crosby's golden goal, right? So yeah, yeah. There you I go. mean, I don't there's that, think there's that, any that, debate there. That alone gets you but a hall. Also, of fame. there is there is no debate on Ginla's career though. Like he was a. But, but he had 1,300 points in comparison to those 800 points. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, he had 1,300 points Doug in Wilson the modern NHL. Doug Wilson too. was a defenseman. Yeah, fair. Marion Hosa then is, I think, a comparable player to Jerome McGinley in terms of – because Jerome McGinley wasn't a points-per-player game on average. No. Well, he only he wasn't was a point-per-game average player just because he played till he was like 37. McGinley also got yeah. in based on like leadership. Like He was the captain of Calgary for like ever. Yeah, I'm. I'm just saying, like Marion Host is not he far won- behind. I think it. No, I think it's because he was Calgary's um, franchise player. 
Like, I yeah. think that's the way you look. It can't just be talent based. I think it's like he's their franchise. And Marion Hosa was never really the guy for a franchise. He like all of the cup winning teams he was on. He's a he very was, good tertiary guy. Yes. He yeah. He's amazing. Like uh, don't get me wrong. Freaking killed it. But you know he had Datsuk and Crosby. Right. He wasn't and, a hundred uh, point player. And uh, in Patrick, or Patrick Kane and Devin Taves. Sorry. Yeah. He 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 had over five hundred goals. Marion Hosa. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, uh, again, not arguing how good Hosa was, just saying like he was never the guy for a franchise the way Iginla yes. was because every cup he won was or cup final he went to, he was the when, third or second guy. When he was cup, um he was the guy for Ottawa and the guy for Atlanta. That's true, but yeah, yes. but not none of those are no. eh. Man, it, it sucks. I'm looking at it. Was, Hosta, was, Ho- was or, Hosa the, the guy in Ottawa at the time? Oh, yeah. yeah. Marion yeah, Hosa has two and a half times as many he was their playoff guy. games as Jerome Ginla. He is what? Marion Hosa had two and a half times as many playoff games I mean, as I mean, that's obviously going to happen when you flip between Pittsburgh, Detroit, and uh, Chicago <laughs> in know. all of their best years, right? Like <laughs> he, he literally went, from, he went to the three – Places you Osa's biggest asset be. was figuring out where it was going to be good. <laughs> exactly. But that's yeah. actually what players should do, and no yeah, players are good at good that. Asset. So, so Hosa deserves Hall of Fame just because he's one of the like five NHL players in history who learned how to evaluate a team and go, "This is a team that's going to win the cup." Yes. Yeah. If I go, this team will win a cup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, but no players do that. First off, no yeah. players take one-year deals the way he did, and they even if they did, they don't pick the right teams regardless. AKA Sorry, Jason Spezza's done that three years in a row. And exactly. There you go. <laughs> Should have just joined up with the Lightning, took a league min deal, and fucking won some cups. But there let's you see go. if Corey Perry gets that this year. Uh, oh, Corey yeah. Perry was Corey. on the wrong side of the losing. I mean, Corey Perry at least chose somewhat, right? You know, he went to two cup finals, though the most unlikely of cup finals yeah, versus Hosa, you know, going to Detroit and Pittsburgh were kind of obvious that they'd be yeah. contenders. So, it, yeah. it's, um, I think that, like, I, I, can you guys think of any other NHL players that have done that? I can't think of any. Flipped? Um that know. that actually know how to predict which teams are going to be good or not. I think Pat NHL Maroon. players are like notoriously they actually yeah there you go Pat Maroon, not good enough three to get in, in the row. Hall of Fame but no one I know but I mean that he's he's it. won three cups in a row basically yeah <laughs> anyway yeah um, Saint Louis last was, topic and then I gotta go Saint Louis yeah last topic sends like and COVID thing, yeah sends and what COVID was it? Martin. Sends and COVID as the last one. What do you guys? I mean, obviously, Martin, you probably have a better idea of it, but they don't have nearly enough players to play. What was the most interesting thing about this to me is that it looks like, from a legal perspective, pulling out of games due to COVID allows the NHL to use a kind of like protocol or policy written in the Olympic participation that they can pull out if they deem but it the unsafe. Sen- the Sens literally had to. I like yeah, I know, could, but they couldn't play. I thought that was an interesting yeah, kind of like footnote what, on everything that's happening. What happened to – we'll get back to that in a second. I'm just curious. What happened to like if teams had to forfeit games because of COVID that uh, they just for, – it's 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 like an, that's it's if, just a loss, right? That was going to be if like players were unvaccinated. I think ah, would be right. The case. Yeah. right, right, right. But okay, so they're 100% vaccinated, vaccinated one, yeah. so they don't. Okay, I forgot about that part. Okay, yeah. Which yeah, is fair. Right. Because literally, Which is, yeah, like, fair. you can't. You, you know, can't you do as much as you especially can. Concern, especially considering we're, we're in Ontario and you cannot operate having yeah. COVID. Like, you're not supposed to go out and stuff in Ontario if you have Yeah, COVID you can't go to a restaurant. You couldn't yeah. get into the Sens Arena. <laughs> I keep freaking out that, like, if you go to a restaurant and, like, there's close contact and, like, that's still a thing, like, they still contact you, you're not yeah. supposed to go out then either. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. That noise. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. <that>, <laughs> if you just suck. go to any club and one person has COVID, you're fucked. You're essentially, fucked. it's just you're it's fucked. that you're easy. Fucked. And there's been it's... outbreaks in Kingston clubs and stuff. So yeah, okay, yeah. So university are... towns are having pretty yeah. a hard time right now. Yeah. Um, well, uh, back to the Olympic participation. Do you think uh, think we're going in two two months? Two months? They Honestly, I just I forgot, but I think they have to. Will they? The I, NHL I mean, we, we thought decision? they've had to since two thousand since two thousand fourteen, but they haven't. So, 
Yeah, will the NHL do something stupid? I mean, I could see it 100% being likely that they don't go. Um, but Man, I think they... I, th- I don't know. I don't, the NHL players, the players will be it. very upset. If yeah, Ovechkin was almost going to go last time. Batman will do whatever the owners want this time, which he does yeah. every time. But like, <laughs> yeah, he should time. be on the – he's on the hot seat and then he's going to appease them. And they're yeah, they're looking the, at this loophole and they're like, fuck yes, because the owners probably are not pumped. So are you, so are you predicting no Olympics, Martin? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the situation well enough. I don't know how I, many I, owners are against it. I, I think I would think the majority of, of owners are against it, yeah. <laughs> Considering they haven't gone for years yet, so or two two past Olympics. But at least we're gonna but... find which at least we're finally gonna see McDavid, Crosby, and McKinnon on the same team for the first time ever. That's and competitive hockey, not all star bullshit. Like that mm-hmm. that's what I'm excited. Like I'm so excited for that. It's gonna be so hyped to watch. Yeah. I I really hope it happens. So and what, this is what? like Crosby's last chance too. Yeah, I think I, I honestly like it, it. It sounds stupid, but like I feel like the NHL has to go because this is Crosby's last Olympics. There's no way he's yeah. making the team in four in another four years. Uh, I won't say no way, but very unlikely. <laughs> they love their legacy picks out there, years. though. They do, but yeah, you know, they Especially don't pick forty-year-olds very often. Cros- yeah, Crosby will Crosby. be thirty-eight at that point. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. I think Ovechkin would be a sh- sh- like sure thing going next yeah, time but, too. I think but Ar- Ovechkin is always he's fifty, weaker. even when he's retired when, from from the NHL. I think like, I would I would put money <laughs> I, on it. He goes until he's fifty. Yeah, but uh, is also a weaker team. Czech Republic. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I have a question. Like in terms of the policy of rescheduling games, does that go to the end of the year, or are there breaks built in throughout the year that allows for that? Like to me, it's. What if they get to game 79, they have to reschedule three games with two teams that are, or with only teams that aren't in a playoff spot where the games don't matter? Like, to me, I just don't understand playing those games. I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but like, who cares? Is it like, you get, is, is it a yet to be determined thing? No, they or, 100% yeah. reschedule those games because it's they lost did it last revenue. year. Remember, remember last year they were playing yeah, like the playoffs stupid. started and then, yeah, and then they'll uh, do it. The, the they, Ottawa Senators like are going to be playing and, in, yeah. Yeah, playing in May or whenever playoffs are May sometime. Ottawa Senators prediction won't be in the playoffs, but we'll be playing during the playoffs. <laughs> but they have to play somebody. Yeah, what if the team uh, that yeah. they play is in the playoffs? Yeah, they're going to have to f- fuck around with the figure schedule it. basically and figure, figure that out. That's so lame. The, Just... the first game they missed was a New Jersey, right? Um, I think. So, yep. yeah. I, New Jersey might not make the playoffs and it won't be an issue, but... There will be other teams. Anyway, Ty's got to go. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this podcast. We'll see you again next week. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into this week's episode. We love and appreciate each listener that sticks around to the end. With that comes reminders to leave a review, press follow on those streaming platforms, and make sure to head over to Instagram to follow Talking Hockey. We're on the road to 30K, and we can't wait to continue to build our audience. Luke, Eric, Ty, and Martin signing off. We'll see you all next week.